Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you that we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you that you surround this place with your tender mercies, with your angels, with the blood of Jesus. We give you thanks to be in the house of God, uh, worshiping and celebrating with praise, uh, joyfully, Lord, for your goodness upon our lives. We pray that you would bless your word and make it uh, a good seed planted in good hearts that would bring forth great fruit, a harvest of abundance that glorifies your name. Uh, Give us your understanding for these matters. Give us your heart that we might walk in your ways and be your people and arise in these last days of darkness, confusion, and chaos and be the light of the world, be the salt of the earth. We pray that we would play our part in these matters. Transform us by the renewing of the mind, that we not be conformed to this world, but, Father, that we might attest and evidence the will of God, which is good, perfect, and acceptable, Lord. Allow your word not to return void, but you send it out in a precise time and season for our lives to be able to live for your glory and fill the earth with your glory, Lord, in our thoughts, in our words, and in our actions. Remove darkness, Lord. Forgive us our sins. Wash us with the blood of Jesus and be glorified. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Um, January represents for me a very uh, somber time in, in my uh, legal career. Uh, a lot of people uh, like accountants rejoice in April uh, because it's a season of, of great uh, prosperity in their offices. But January for me was a time of very, very great sadness because when I would return to my law firm from the festivities of the winter uh, of Christmas and the celebrations and, and all the, the, the lights and the, 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 the parties the food. I would come back to my office on the first day in January, open my door, but there were already a line of people waiting outside my office, and they were there because they wanted a divorce. And people don't see this aspect. I don't know. Uh, I know that, that those that work in the collision and the auto industry, they have body shops, they rejoice when it rains outside in Miami because that means they're going to have a lot of cars coming in. A lot of people crash when it rains. But, but my sadness was seeing those families march into my law office. And the first couple of years, it was strange. But 10 years into it, I always knew that when I would come back from the Christmas holidays, there was a line of people waiting for me at the law office wanting to get divorced um, starting the new year. That means that the old year was horrible. And, and with great sadness, I would sit there and see these people parade into my law office and ask for divorces. Obviously, um, I think we have the bus. We have a video of the bus somewhere. We're going to show that today. Um, we're, we're so against what God is against. And, and the Bible says that God hates divorce. And we have controversy with it. Um, God is passionate about the destruction of the family. He's not indifferent to it. It does matter to God how we steward this uh, concept called family. And... In modern days, we've become experts. I had one lady come into my office. I was a young lawyer. I must have been 27. And she says, she was about 47. She says, listen, sir, 
I could teach you a couple things. I've gone through five divorces. You're not going to lecture me. I said, lady, with all due respect, you have a good handle on divorce. You have no idea about marriage. Woo! I get an amen out of that one. I said, lady, you're experienced in that which God does not like. I'm an expert in what rejoices the heart of God. And, and, and truly, we need to get out of the religious framework of these matters. Um, we've come to the place now where, where people don't even know, know that family is a spiritual institution. What's that mean? That, that you, it requires cultivating the spirit of those that are there. Being stewards of the spirit of your husband. How many wives do that? No, we don't. We complain a lot. But we don't pray. We don't seek a word from the Lord. Do we have that on there yet? This is a bus that we have prepared here in Miami in 2020. And, and we love the things of God and we celebrate the things of God. So we've prepared a bus that says, save your marriage. Because that is the core to the existence of family. Let's go ahead and put this video real quick. You guys get to see what's traveling this, through the streets of Miami. Uh, we started with uh, bicycles. Uh, rickshaws and then we started with bus benches then we wrapped vehicles but now we've wrapped a city bus this is called a metro bus and it's traveling the city uh, the streets of miami let's watch this somebody captured it there praise the lord stop the war save your marriage it has our phone number there So this will be traveling our city for the next six months. And I, I just pray that, that people garner enough strength and garner enough uh, courage to fight for their families, to be able to understand what family is. Um, the church loses its insight with respect to family. Uh, we, we cannot function in the calling of God. We cannot function in the calling of God if we don't understand family. And so this year, we've said it's a year of excellence. We've talked about our mark being Jesus Christ, the model of excellence. Pastor Richie shared that on the first Sunday. Uh, then we continued on to say the standard of excellence. What is the measure last week? And this week, we're saying that family is the expression of the excellence of God upon the earth. And I have written here in my notes... As goes the family, so goes your life. The family is the measure of God's design for excellence. And so here it is. We, uh, some of the people's worst nightmares has been their experience in family. And when you tell somebody that God's game plan is family, they're like, no, sir. I'll never go back to anything even remotely close to family. And that, my friend, is the church. That's why people don't like the church, because the church is too much like family. Uh, for years, people would walk in here and say, hey, pastor, you remind me a lot of my father. And I was like, come here, son. And they said, no, I hate my father. I want to punch you in the nose. My feelings towards dad is, are not good. And see, I believe that the devil has done that framework in destroying the family because if he destroys the family he destroys you and I've told that to many men don't you think for a second that the devil is just into destroying your marriage he wants to destroy you 
And you, my friend, will be the demise of existence outside of family because God kept the family as his building block and the principal structure. Uh, when he put man on the earth, he didn't start a fraternity. He could have. He could have started a, a, a gathering of men like the Masons. He could have uh, done something along those lines. He could have done a fraternal order of benevolent uh, creation. No, he says, I'm going to build a man, I'm going to give him a woman, and I'm going to have them produce fruit. The issue of family are children. And, and so a lot of people says, okay, we're going to start a family, me and you, but we'll have no children. That's not God's game plan. God wants you to enjoy this dynamic because it's a picture of what heaven is like. If you hate Family, you're going to hate heaven because it's one huge family and it has one father. And shout amen whenever you get a chance to feel that way. Um, the principal building block of God and his design for, uh, for our existence is family. And again, there's, there's some people um, who have already felt comfortable outside of family uh, it, it fosters a selfish existence. You don't have to think about anybody. Um, if, if you live in a family and you have a refrigerator, you soon learn that people are eating your food. I told my wife, have my children move out already. They're eating all my food. Um, now the truth of the matter is that's a place where selfishness has no room, family. Selfishness has no room in family. It has no room in marriage. And so God is, is pointed. Uh, the first family uh, had all sorts of issues. Um, you see the woman uh, leading the family. That's not God's design. You shout amen when you resonate with that one. God doesn't want the woman to lead the family. Why? It's not his design. It doesn't create, uh, the feminist movement has already declared that the, the independence of the woman in the family was the greatest curse that befell women. Read those things so that you could get into uh, how they said, we wanted to leave the house so we could go and work in the workforce and now we're working in the workforce and we come home and have to work some more because the man now has decided he's not going to play his role. He's not going to provide. Uh, he's not going to protect. He's not going to concern these matters. God has entrusted this in a design here in the Bible. We have the Ten Commandments. Uh, the first three commandments have to do with your relationship with God. First three commandments are, have nothing to do with the earth, so to speak. It has to do with how you walk before the God of creation. So, so commandment number one I am the Lord of God, your God. Have no other gods before me. God doesn't want you to live by another paradigm. If you're not going to have God be your God, then you have other priorities, other values. You have other measures. But if he's God, he hates divorce. If he's God, he says that a divided family is like a divided kingdom. It's not going to prosper. That's why God doesn't like divorce because it... it betrays our prosperity his design in family is you'll have one God 
You're not going to have any other gods. Number two, you won't take his name in vain. Number three, you're going to keep the Sabbath day holy. So once he squares away all the matters of a spiritual relationship with God, commandment number four says, honor your mother and father. Where is that happening? In family. Begin to understand his role and dynamic. Um, you look over the landscape of the United States right now, and family has been so assaulted and attacked and broken. People could identify with never having a dad, never had a father. I don't know what it is to have a father. My father abandoned us. My father abused us. Uh, my father neglected us. Uh, that, that's not it by any means the heart of God. God never wanted man to be abused, neglected, or abandoned. That, never. That would never happen. You see it in the relationship of God the Father. You see it in the relationship of Christ the Son, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You see, he says, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. This is the declaration of Jesus. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit so he will give you the embrace of the Father. Imagine the whole dynamic, and we've missed it. We've missed this. Um, forget about America. We're, let's talk about globally. If we understood God's framework of the excellence of family, we would be able to perfect our prosperity and our blessing. So he says, you're going to honor your father and mother. We read the verse there. It says, so that everything will go well with you. Ephesians 6, 2, 6, 3. So that you'll live a long life. So you will prosper like you've never prospered before. I, 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 I travel the world. And I'll tell you that, that the issue of humanity is having fallen out of the issue of humanity is having falling out of family. We, we have resentment. We have bitterness. We have uh, an independent spirit. I, I believe the greatest curse that could befall a woman is to be married with a man who has no family affiliations. He feels like, you know, um, he feels like a fish out of water whenever he gets around a a sphere of family uh, existence because he can't be selfish. He has to stop being selfish. Why are we going over there? Because we're family. Why are we doing this? Because it's part of what the family does. And so that regards, um, God is celebrating constantly. They came to ask him at a, at a, a particular juncture in his life, um, the religious guys... Matthew chapter 15, verse 1. Uh, I got to hurry up here because uh, there's so much goodness in today's word. I, I want us to get all of it. They came and asked him, the scribes and the Pharisees, these guys that were not fathers or husbands, they were religious experts. I've run into a couple of those. Say, hey, buddy, when you show me a, a, a smile on your wife's face, then I'll know you are a man of God. When I see your children have peace because you're serving them, and honoring them, then I'll sit there and defer to your religious expertise. But your wife is miserable. She hates you. She hates your marriage, and she hates 
um, your children hate you. They don't want to be around you. Why? Because you're an expert religious guy, but you're a zero in your familiar existence. So the scribes came and asked them, they, 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 they were in Jerusalem, and they came to Jesus, verse 2, and they asked him, why aren't your disciples washing their hands before they eat? That's a normal question. You know, they, they were pinpointing a spiritual issue. Like, they're not washing their hands. They're not being holy. They're not. And he says, hey, bucko, well, if you want to talk about the standard of God, if you want to talk about the measure of God, let's go there. Verse 3. He replied to them and said, why do you also violate, transgress the commandment of God? Because you want to hold on to a religious tradition. So they're trying to set up a framework of religious piety. And he says, if you really want to talk about the heart of God with what he wants, verse 4, why do you trample this commandment? Honor your father and mother. And he who curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. You see how he changes the paradigm very quickly from saying this is not about religion. It's about how God set up this existence for our prosperity and anybody who doesn't do family right might as well be put to death. You miss God. You miss God when you do not keep the design of excellence in our existence. So Jesus puts it on further on. I, I think this is pretty intense anyways. Um, he puts some cool... He, he tells them, you guys shouldn't be alive if I were to whip out my ruler and measure your expression of honoring God. Because they were saying, hey, why don't your followers honor God and wash your hands? He says, why don't you guys really honor God's heart for real and do family right? Because in doing family right, the world will see my glory. They will see my reality. As long as we walk contrary to family, we might as well be put to death. We might as well kill everything else we attempt to do in the things. Um, somebody had the gall about five years ago. They said, don't go to Pastor Molina's church because it's all about family. Listen, I, I think heaven is all about family. I think if we don't do family right, we don't even get into heaven. I don't know one rebellious person that's going to get into heaven, a rebellious son. I don't know a prodigal that fails to come back and get right with the father and say, teach me how to do family right that could be able to honor the heart of God. And so the excellence of God in every expression of this, um, somebody missed it, obviously. One of the things that I missed uh, coming into the Bible, one of the reasons I said I wouldn't read the Bible is because it's full of genealogies. I'm like, I'm not reading that stuff. This guy had this guy had this guy had this guy had this guy beget this guy begot that guy begot that guy who have begot that guy, and you go for chapters begetting and begotting. And I'm like, what? That's family. This family gave the that family, that family, that family. In Israel, if you couldn't show what family you came from, you couldn't worship. You could not worship the God of heaven if you couldn't show the family you belong to. 
You can't say you honor God and curse your parents. If you don't honor family, you might as well be put to death. Proverbs 2020, since we're in the year of 2020, says if you curse your father and your mother, your lamp will be put out in deep darkness. That talks about a hellish nightmare. What have we done with family? We have trashed. We have forsaken. We have trampled. We have walked contrary to the heart of God. So Jesus says, you're to be put to death. Matthew 15, 4 says, For Moses said, honor your father and mother. He who... <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I'm, I'm fussing too much. Um, he who speaks evil. He who curses his father or mother. Let him be put to death. Verse 3, what's verse 3 said? You trample the traditions of God, verse 4. Honor your father and mother or be put to death, verse 5. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, what profit you might have received from me as a gift of God. I'm not, I'm not doing anything with regards to family. That's, that's, that's your business. Verse 6. Then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God. You, everything God wants you've made of no effect. You're not even living in a manner that has the currency of heaven. You're not walking in, in God's heart in these matters by your tradition. You've, you've, the way you have become accustomed to doing things has rendered null and void the expression of family. You've become religious. You've become totally deceived and blind. Verse 7. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people honor me with their lips. They draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart has missed me totally. Missed me. Their heart is far from me. They missed my design. Verse 9. In vain they worship me. And they come up with all matters of teachings and commandments of men. If we don't perfect the expression of family. Um, all sorts of stuff is taking place in our generation uh, Rosie O'Donnell came up with a with a movie um, that talks about the new family, and it's warping. Uh, there's new families where now the kids are the ones that lead the family. They have an opinion greater than the patriarch, the father. They don't honor dad. If they honor dad, they would serve their dad's God. They want their dad to honor them. And so all sorts of women are lining up with this stuff of a, a raising up and propping up the children to lead families. That's an abomination to God. Children are not to lead your family. They're to lead their family when uh, Genesis 2.24 comes about. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. That's when that guy gets to lead that home. 
when he's married and he's paying the bills. He's not to lead your family. That's called um, what, what happened over there in England this week where Prince Harry decides to follow the woman outside of the royal family. That's an abomination to God. Why? Because she was supposed to show up to that man and says, your people shall be my people. Your God shall be my God. Your place of honor and royalty over a nation shall be the cause that I serve. Well, they have left the royal family, and they've decided that, that you know, there's not going to be any connection to the family. Again, the, the, the departure. And all sorts of people are protected. They're like, she, she has the right to do that. Listen to me. Yeah, she does. And she has the right to go to hell too. But there's a design that God created in all these genealogies for a reason. There's a place to be held. There's a place of honor. There's a place of service. And, and this thing about um, ruling uh, from underneath is, is, is really underneath ruling. And you're not entitled to lead uh, until you have shown yourself to follow. And so we, we say, Lord, give us your heart. Give us your mind. Let us understand these things. We don't want to worship in vain. We don't want the result of our worship to not be clarity. Um, if you see Proverbs 11.29 says it clearly, whoever troubles his household will have no inheritance. Listen to me. There was a time, and now I know, there's nothing to inherit nowadays. But there was a time where you honored your dad because you were going to receive all that he had worked for his whole life. So you gave him a special place and you gave him deference. That doesn't exist no more. I walked into Switzerland about 10 years ago and I met a man who was disinherited. Uh, the the Gagey Pharmaceutical Company, largest pharmaceutical in the world now. It's been bought out several times. It's a billion-dollar enterprise. And the, the heir to this fortune, uh, I met him, and he's, he, they told me the story. At the age of 20, he was there in Switzerland. He told his dad, I don't want to have anything to do with the family business. I'm moving to New York with my girlfriend. So 20 to 50, how many years is that? 50 years later, right? He's 70 years old. He left when he was 20. He spent 50 years in New York. Now he's 70. His father's dying. He's 90. And he says, Dad, I've come back. I said, good. I'm glad you came back. I heard you're dying. Yeah, I'm dying next week. Well, I, I want to get what's mine. Zero. Zero. He got nothing. Because you don't get an inheritance if you trouble your household. Who decided that? God. You don't get an inheritance if you didn't honor your dad. You're not going to do with his riches what he so worked for with your foolishness. So the fool will be a servant to the wise of heart. The one who walks in wisdom will inherit. Um, as a lawyer, I can tell you a lot of people that have inherited over the years um, have not been the children. It's the next door neighbor. It's some servant woman who who took care of the old man in his last days. And, and she got everything. And the kids came back and says, where's our inheritance? You didn't get nothing. Your dad hasn't seen you in 10 years. What are you going to inherit? You don't inherit nothing. So these are all principles in the word of God. He who troubles his own house will inherit the wind. 
but a fool will be a servant to the wise of heart. All these principles in the word of God take me to, to this word in the New Testament family, oikonomos. It's a Greek word for managing the household. How do you manage family? Uh, and so we're living in a time where, where dad is a renegade, mom is a witch, the kids are scary. That's where we're living right now. Uh, my first preaching 21 years ago was man of God or Peter Pan. What's a curse for a, for a woman to be married to a guy who has no spiritual chutzpah? He doesn't want to know God. He doesn't want to hear God. He doesn't want to live according to God's standard in the word of God. He doesn't even know how to govern his own spirit. He doesn't know how to feed his spirit. He doesn't know how to walk, being a blessing. What a refreshing it is to be a spiritual man blessing your wife with not tantrums. No tantrums. Wisdom, patience, love. I was recalling last night we were having dinner. My wife and I were having dinner. We were having soup on my bed. She brought the dinner over. She had a big glass of water, and it went all over our bed. All the ice. And I was like, man, if I wasn't godly, if I, if I didn't have some patience and some love, I just looked over, honey, get a towel. Let's, and, and I was like, we're going we're gonna, to, huh? Yeah, I, I spilled it. I know. But, but you put it on the bed. I, I spilled it, but she put it on the bed. But the scenario was, I was like, you know, it could have been World War III if our spirits weren't groomed. It would have been occasion for an argument and a fight, and I can't believe you're so, how could you do this? And she could say, it was you, it's like she just did. <laughs> but look, Jesus is right in the middle of this thing. And when Jesus is in the middle of family, there's peace and there's joy. And there's never reason for insults or, or words or, or disdain or putting down. Listen to me. Uh, we, we last, uh, like five years ago, we invited Dwayne Wade, you know, the basketball player from Miami Heat. We invited his father to come over here, and, and he got to know us, and he came to our Monday night men's meeting, and it was so cool. And, you know, you're Dwayne Wade's dad, and, and he says, I have a basketball camp down the street next week. I want you guys to come out to the basketball camp. So we just went round the, right down the street to a summer basketball camp. Dwayne Wade's father, there must have been 500 children, but Dwayne Wade did not show up. So his father carries around a cardboard cutting a cardboard cutout of Dwayne Wade, and that's the only way he could get his son to show up to his basketball camp. Why? Because every time he's around his dad, his dad makes him feel like an idiot. He doesn't know how to bless his son. He doesn't know how to give him honor and raise him up to be a champion. He has to say, oh, everything he learned, he learned from me. He's always, so, so Dwayne Wade doesn't even show up. So he has to hang out with a cardboard box cutting of his son, and so he's taking a picture with all the kids with a cardboard box cutting? Come on. With a, a picture, a real-life picture, cardboard box? No, God created the real thing, so we enjoy the real thing. But outside of the Spirit of God, we don't know how to. This thing about managing our affairs um, in the oikonomos is, is saying, okay, God, you've entrusted me to a wife, this household. That you might govern the household like God would govern his kingdom. Having the respect, the honor of your home. Um, you speak on behalf of your home like Joshua 24, 15. 
Joshua says, I don't know what you guys are going to do. I don't know how you guys look at the things of God. If it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, what do you think this is religious? I just told a friend of mine who's a lawyer, I said, your life is a wreck. Your, your daughters are a wreck. But I invited you 20 years ago, and you despised cultivating your family in the Lord. You would be enjoying your daughters right now, and you can't because they've become as rebellious as you. They have become bitter. They have become resentful. They're distant from the heart and the house of God because you have not led them. So he says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. This is a message for families today. How are you going to do life? Do it in family. And they taught us coming to the Lord that the first month of the year is the, the month that you bless your wife out of this world. Instead of you directing your efforts in trying to do so many things, bless the heart of your family, which is your wife, and, and blow her away with your expression of love and goodness. Take her on like this killer vacation. Bless her so that you can enjoy the rest of the year having happy wife, happy life type of deal. That you have an expression. So he says, I don't know what you're going to do or whom you're going to serve. I mean, you might choose to live like your fathers lived, he says. You might choose to go that way and create your own monster of a family and not give the values of God for your family. You might have your own design on how you do things on the other side of the river, the gods of the Amorites, in the land whom you dwell. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. See, that every man has that entitlement to tell, tell your children that outside of honoring the family, they are destined to doom. You can tell them I said that too. Let them know that pastor said that. That outside of family, you're going to live the ruins that Satan desired for you to live. Psalm 68 verse 6, God's design for every rebel. He says that God places the individual in families. Why? To bring those out of captivity into prosperity. To bring you out of your selfishness. You're captive to be selfish. That's your, that's your tendency, your disposition. You want to do things outside of this paradigm. But the rebellious will dwell in a dry land. The people who rebel against God's paradigm for family are destined to have the most miserable marriages, the most miserable economics. Why? Because family is a place of prosperity. The greatest wealth upon the earth have been families who've been able to work together. Ask the Walmart family. When families get together to get into agreement, heaven breaks out in glory. And then the opposite is true. When you decide to be a rebel, you'll, it doesn't matter if you become the wealthiest man in the world. And my, uh, a friend of mine says, my father-in-law bought a, a $100 million yacht. I said, he's the most miserable man I know. He has no one to invite on his yacht. He has no friends. He's a selfish pig. He doesn't have family. He's decided to walk out on, out on his wife and his daughters. And he's a miserable fool who's thought that, that wealth is going to, to, to bless him. So here it is. Ephesians 2.19 says, no longer being a stranger. No longer being foreigners. We're not to be distant 
and estranged from God's design, but fellow citizens of the heavens, members of the family of God. The word oikonomos is right there. He says, since we've messed up family so much, let's get into God's family. Let's do life as God would have it. He being our father, the son, Jesus Christ, the firstborn, being our example. Being our example of how to do this thing, which is pretty much outside of God's design. It's havoc. It's confusion. It's chaos. So God wants us, and that's a lot of people have an issue. Uh, You treat that family over there at the church better than our family. No, listen to me, my friend. The family at the church, we're trying to achieve God's heart. I talk to the older people, like Pastor Richie, like, like a father. It says, talk to the elder men as their father. Take a talk to the younger as they're your brother. Talk to the young girls as their sisters. Talk to the older women as they're your moms. He doesn't say, talk to them as an apostle and a prophet, an evangelist, a tribunal, archangel. No, it's family. It's family. And it's the nature of God's heart. And, and people that have issues with this are aligned up to the devil's heart. He has no room for family. Uh, I don't think they, they have a brotherhood in hell. Hey, yo, my brother, they don't do that in hell. They don't have brotherhood. They don't have the nature of fathers. They don't have the nature of, of being the, these covenants of marriage are so powerful. Galatians 6.10, it says, if you're going to do good, make sure that at the top of your list, you are, therefore, as we have opportunity, as life continues to prosper us, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are of the family of faith. If we're going to do good, there's so many people that come in here, and I was talking to Pastor Medieros, yes, in the last 20 years, we have saved so many marriages that it's just countless innumerable of the amount of people who have come here and they've drunk these waters and they've received and they've healed. And you know what they do? They take off and no longer here. They're, they're enjoying their wealth outside of the family of God. God bless them with all their prosperity. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. My kids are going to have great marriages they love the family of God. They serve. I, I was scared. Uh, Nick is in law school. Josh is in law school. And I, I wanted them to be the youth pastors here. But I was like, it's too much. They said, Dad, we'll take it on. So Nick is a youth pastor. Josh was his youth pastor on Friday nights. Brandon is his. The, all these guys, they love the family of God. They, they never have reason to say we're not going there. You know why? Because since they were little tykes. We have raised up in, in the household of God, in the oikonomos. A lot of people don't like family. Household, this, this word here, hold, is governance. It's a rule. And, and, and there's, 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 a, there's a divine, you know, expressions of rule and governance. And people don't like family because there's rules. I'm moving out. I was 13 when I said that for the first time. I wasn't a Christian. I told my parents, I'm, I'm leaving. And they're like, where are you going to go? I don't know, but I'm going to do whatever I want. At 13, I didn't know anything. I had a rebellious heart. And so I had to turn back and say sorry to my dad. That's the first thing the Lord led me to. I'm going to honor you the rest of my life. I'm going to honor you. I'm going I'm to stay within the dictates of your governance. And so there was a lot of rules at home. 
And, and that's why we tend to despise the home because there's, there's an order to keep. If you move across the street and live with the neighbors, they're going to kick you out soon. But, but uh, you might be able to do whatever you want for a couple of days. But soon enough, you're going to have to be gone. Um, Hebrews 1.3 says the expression of the radiance of the image, the brightness of his glory and the express image of his radiance is the sun. If you live in the framework of family, that's the brightest expression of existence uh, that God has upon the earth. There is no greater glory than being a great father, being a great wife, being a great child. Being able to live in this manner. Ephesians 5 uh, talks about the order of family. Verse 25, husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He surrendered himself for her. Live for your wives. Let her know that she's the highest priority on your list. Not your remote control, not your hobbies, not your work. Let her know that she's the highest order of your devotion and and that's going to bless your socks off as you bless her. Verse 26, wives, be able to walk in such a manner that you're being washed by the word and sanctified and separated. Verse 27, presenting to yourself a glorious bride. I, I always say that the man's role is to make his wife the most beautiful woman in the world. Who taught us that? God. So then your children, when they get married, they do the same thing with somebody else's daughter. And, and it's all the expression of family too. We, we can't even believe that all these things are found in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. Paul says. For this reason since God would have it. I bow my knees before the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. From now on I'm going to serve God with all my heart. Why? Verse 15. Because the whole family. The whole family in heaven and earth follows his name. Follows his order, his character, his glory. And when we're missing out on that, we're missing out on God in a, ma in a huge manner. Let's stand this morning. If ever, if ever you've heard a sermon from the Lord that came straight from a stone, it's today. That he tells you to make sure that your measure for excellence in 2020 is doing family right. And it's huge responsibility. It's huge. It's huge. But God is faithful to polish us, to prepare us, to, to allow us to be able to function. Um, uh, this week I was talking to some parents. They said, the, the kid came up to them and says, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm like, what? You're going to do whatever you want at your mama's house. No, not your mama's house. Um, somewhere else, you're not going to do what you want here. That's not, that's not kingdom expression. Um, honor your dad. You'll never regret it. I promise you. Husband, love your wives. Wives, cherish your, uh, respect your husbands. Live in a manner that you honor home. Um, I know that I'm preaching this word to a society that's fragmented and broken. We're on a third wife. We, have, we don't have a dad or dad left with a lover. God knows what. But guess what? Let God bring you into his economy. His grace is sufficient for these things. Don't resent the whole paradigm. I was arguing with one guy till about 4 o'clock in the morning. Hated God. I hate God. I don't believe in God. And, and all it was is that he was a child out of wedlock. And he says, if, if God's economy, I don't fit there. Because I, I'm a bastard child, he said. I'm illegitimate. 
My, my dad had me outside of the paradigm of God. Um, listen to me. God's grace and his glory is sufficient to embrace you and to adopt you and to bring you into the family and to cleanse you. So don't, don't let your experience keep you back from, from his paradigm. Father, thank you for this day in the house of God. Thank you for your word. Um, it's so, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't fit with our uh, understanding of what we've lived and what we've experienced, Lord. Uh, we have killed uh, children in the womb, Lord. We've aborted offspring thinking that we were doing the right thing, Lord. We have so much baggage. So we take all this to the cross and we ask your forgiveness. We ask you to wash us and cleanse us and to make us whole, Lord. And allow us to understand your heart for our expression upon the earth. That you adopt us that we become your children, that we become members of the family of God, that we cherish and love the home you've given us in faith, in, in your word. You said that anyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, he shall have the right to become a child of God. He, he, he is adopted into the family. He's in the paradigm of your heart. And so we pray your Holy Spirit make this a reality and that we go out to this world full of distant and, and abandoned and neglected peoples and call them back to the heart of God through Jesus Christ, your son. In Jesus' name we pray and all the people say amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. See you on Wednesday night. Tomorrow is men's meeting at 8 o'clock. Men's meeting, 8 o'clock tomorrow night. And Wednesday, Jim Garlow will be with us. Pastor Jim Garlow from California. God bless you.